Happy Dad is available at a lot of your local bars and restaurants. You might even find it at some saloons. If you've enjoyed a Happy Dad, then you know it goes well with your burger, your wings, pizza, and steak. <laughs> People in California eat it with their sushi, too. Go to happydad.com find to find a bar or restaurant near you so you can watch the games with the boys while enjoying an ice-cold daddy drink. The ladies love it as well. If your bar doesn't carry Happy Dad, then ask them to call their distributor to stock up. You can't have a burger with that skinny can, can you? It's time to man up and drink Happy Dad. Welcome, Jalen Milrow, to the QB room. Man, welcome. I'm uh, fired up that you're able to join us. And uh, we don't know each other. I've, I mean, is that right? That's right. We might have met at Elite 11 or something, right. like in a passing, but um, I, I, don't, I don't recall crossing paths. And, and, uh, and so this is a unique one where uh, we don't actually go way back. Right. <laughs> we can change that for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I was kind of waiting to hear the laugh too. Um, so kind of starting off here, we've got a lot of bold statements on here. We're not trying to make news or anything, but yeah. we've had a couple people make some very strong statements. Are you ready to, to say that you have hands down the best laugh in college football? <laughs> See, look, I don't know. See, look, I, I, I'm in a small box with who I know. You know, it might be somebody have a better laugh, but as of now, I think I think my laugh in peace with a lot of people. Yeah, it was great. I saw that clip. I know that went viral. Uh, it was definitely not down the, like, Kawhi Leonard awkward. It was just one of those, like, super smiley, super loud, uh, caught a bunch of people's attention. There's a lot of things you can go viral for. That one is not on the list of uh, don't go viral for. So um, not a bad look at all. Um, and the other day, let's talk a little bit about Saban. So you made a comment, I think it was his birthday, and you said yeah. that he's getting old, but he still acts young. Saban's one of those guys that, like, everybody knows the name, everybody knows the resume, yeah. not that many people know him. Yeah. So what, what do you mean by that that statement? Yeah, so, like, with all our work, as far as, like, our, like our training and stuff like that, when we, like, do um, before practice, he does all the, the exercises. Like, when we stretch and stuff like that, he does every movement that we do um, when it goes like the ground-based stuff. And uh, he's bouncing around, moving around. And then from drill to drill, you know, usually coaches walk. He don't walk. He, he run the field to field. Um, so seeing that, it's like real funny because like, yeah, he's at that age, but he's still active and moving around as if he was young. Uh, but just being coached by him, you know, he, it's, it's the same guy every single day, but he's always going to bring something funny um, every single day, you know. Uh, but um, but, I, but, but being around him, he just moves around, and it's just funny because like how his age is like, it's like it's like different. Yeah, it doesn't but, matter, right? I mean, it's like, like Pete Carroll's another one of those guys. Like he's yeah. freaking throwing a seven on seven. He's like seventy five yeah. years old. Um, that's awesome. My uh, my high school coach was like that. kept him kept him super young. All right, so we play some games on here. We're gonna watch some tape today. We're gonna play some games here. Yeah. Um, I saw in an interview, and this wouldn't even be you. This would be like pretty much everybody your age. Uh, I saw something like you did collab with uh, Roback. Yeah. Shout out to Roback. Yeah. Um, that lit was your favorite word. So we're going to play a little game here. Lit or not lit. <laughs> okay. Do it. All right. Cigars after a big win. Lit or not lit? Lit. Lit. All right. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Lit. Lit. Are you a big CTC guy? Oh, most definitely. That's my favorite cereal. 
All right, I'm gonna let you in on a little like veteran move here. All right. Do you like uh, French toast? That's right. Have you ever had French toast? Uh huh. Yeah. So you, you know how you? I don't know how to make French toast. My mom did, and then my wife does. But like, yeah. you take eggs, you put them in there, you put it on both sides of the bread. Yeah. Take a bag of cinnamon toast crunch. Okay. Smash it up into dust. Okay. Sprinkle that all over, and then make your French toast. And you got yeah. French toast with a little coating of cinnamon toast crunch around it. We used to do that in college. That was a banger. I need to try it out. Who, who put you on to that? Somebody had to put Reagan, you on. Reagan Schneider, my kicker. Okay. Yeah, my I'm college roommate. I oh, bet. Yeah. I'm going to try that out. All right. You're welcome for that. Auburn. <laughs> Not lit. Not lit. Zero teams trading for Lamar Jackson this offseason. I know he's your favorite player. Love Lamar. Uh, Nobody I, traded for him. I know. I know that's I, that's not lit. That's not lit. I know. I couldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> Six thirty a.m. morning workouts. Lit. Yeah, lit. I love it. I'd rather get it up and get going. And once you get the energy level going, that's exactly. Those are some of the best days when I, I redshirted and you redshirted. Like you get the shitty the six a.m. lift time, and it's like, yeah. But once you're going, it's great. Exactly. Uh, exactly. That's how I feel. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Uh, saying MJ's better than LeBron. Not lit. Not lit. Texas high school football. Lit. California high school football. Lit. There you go. Uh, Bryant Denny Stadium on a Friday night. Or on a, oh, oh, sorry, on a night game. Very lit. Very lit. Um, I don't go to a ton of games because I got to watch a lot of my clients playing Saturdays and Sundays. But that is one of the away one of the games I've made was yeah. Alabama game a couple years ago. Um, the tailgate before was just as lit as the game as well. <laughs> I want to get into something here. You got an acronym, family. Forget about me. I love you. What, what does that mean to you? Uh, so first, where I got it from, I got it from my high school in Katy, Texas. Um, I'm our head coach uh, named Todd McVay. Um, we have a great relationship to this day. Um, but I got the acronym from him. And uh, it really set, set – it really – so, like, as you get older – you really like take the little things that you learn when you're growing up. And that's one thing that stuck with me because um, it's less about me when you play the game of football. And you have 11 guys, you have other, you know, 10 guys around you that allow you to perform the way you do. And um, to be able to lean on your brothers, no matter what the circumstance is, um, I think that has greater value than just a personal performance. Uh, and uh, when it comes to dogfight, like the Tennessee game, that was less about me. It was about the guys around me, you know, being being a great teammates, being, uh, you know, competitors. Um, it's little things like that to allow any team to be successful. It's about the family aspect. And uh, I think that's that's very key to play football. You just, you just have to have a good relationship and good bond. That's um, for me, the family acronym. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And it's one thing, you know, you can put it whatever you want on the back of a shirt and then say yeah. break it down on family on three kind of thing, but like to live it, right? And to have to use it is a different thing, right? Same thing with scripture. You can have it all memorized. Cool. Do you apply it to your life? Like and and the idea of the highs and lows. Um and so you had a low. I mean, similar to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts got benched in the national championship game for Tua Tagovailoa and all the stuff and everyone, whatever handled that with class, which set him up for handling a lot of things with class. Um, you got, I don't know if you want to say benched or that, whatever they went with the other guy. Mm -hmm. um, did that 
did did that come up? Did that was that a reference point? Did anybody there mention that? Hey, this isn't over. That kind of thing. And Jalen, the example, like, did that ever play, play a role when you when they went with Tyler for a week? Yeah, like so. One thing is that time stops for nobody. You know, whether you have a bad circumstance, a good circumstance, time stops for nobody. Um, so you know, when the when the uh, when the when the change happened, uh, it happened, and it was just something I had to really look in the mirror and acknowledge the what's in front of me, you know, and the biggest thing that I try to implement with the family acronym and try to be the best team that I can. Um, for me to say that I didn't want to play that, that I'll be, I'll be wrong. But what I try to do is focus less on my opinion and, and focus on just trying to be the best team that I can be um, for Ty, Tyler and all the guys in the room and uh, to talk about the family environment, you know, no matter who was in, um, in the game or even at practice, I, I, I tell this to people all the time is that, Whoever's taking a snap on that particular play is QB1. No matter if you're the fourth string, third string, no matter what. Whatever rep you have, you're in the the, the practice rep or game rep, you're QB1. And, uh, you know, when the guys come off the sideline, we all talk and get feedback, whatever. Um, but, you know, my biggest thing, I try to be the best team that I can be. And with that circumstance, you know, it happens. You know, at the end of the day, that is a coach's decision. That's not my decision. So, um, you know, my biggest thing is that I had game experience before that game. So I try to, you know, give it to the other guys and, you know, give them what I've seen with the, with the reps I've had. So um, I just try to be the best team that I can, can be. Yeah, man. Uh, well, that, that played out because you handled it really well, right? Everyone knows how Jalen Hurts handled it. I think everyone who was paying attention saw how you handled it. Um, saw you like went viral on a clip of you being jacked when Tyler made a play or won the game or whatever it was. And, you just can't fake that in the moment. It's just, that's right. it's kind of who you are, you know? So that's cool that even when it's an acronym and it's from our high school coach way back when it's playing out on a big stage yeah. and you're using it and applying it, which is huge. And honestly, man, you know, anytime I, I, one of my guys goes through something hard, get benched, get hurt, get screwed over, get crushed in the meat, whatever it is. I, I always remind them like, if you're blessed enough, to play this game long enough, if you're lucky enough to play the game long enough, this is going to happen a couple more times. If you're lucky enough, right? Right. Because it could also never happen again Mm -hmm. because you don't play anymore. And so this idea of these hard, the highs and the lows, like my, my thing's called, my company's called QB summit. And then my logo is a mountain range. Well, that's what it is. It's, this is your career up, down, up, down, up, down, up. Right. Mm -hmm. From this moment on, you guys could not lose again. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Or worse, right? <laughs> or a lot of different things. And so how you handle the inevitability of success and adversity, that's how good you are. You mentioned Lamar Jackson. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. You mentioned Tom Brady, three of the greatest ever. Like, they're really good at handling adversity, and they're really good at handling success. So, like, right. that's kind of how how I score it. Um, there's a couple guys ahead of you at Bama who've done this as well, too. Jalen Hurts, Tua, Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones, and now Bryce, uh, known – a lot of these guys for a long time, yeah. you know, two, I met two as a sophomore in high school, Bryce is a seventh grader, Jalen around his sophomore year. So in Mac a little later, but lead 11, but through this process, um, the last four guys are starting not, not four of the last 10 and a Bama quarterback, the last four guys are starting on Sundays, not cause someone's hurt. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and you're the next quarterback. What is 16 year old, Jalen Milrow, junior year, Tompkins High School, Katy, Texas. You just beat Cypress Falls in Dover overtime to go 11-1. and one. Like, what does that kid say 
about the situation you're in right now, leading Alabama Crimson Tide, you know, everything that's in front of you from a school perspective and yeah. an opportunity that's beyond school. What would I'll you say, say to yourself? Yeah, I'll say that high school me would be very proud of where I'm at now. Um, I never gave up. You know, I always uh, wanted to improve. I always wanted to be the best quarterback I can can be and play at a high level um, and get to where I'm at, you know. And when I signed my letter of intent to go to the University of Alabama, um, I always wanted to be the starting quarterback to the University of Alabama. So I'm steadily checking things off my checklist, but I'm nowhere near a finished product um, and still have a lot of things I need to improve on to get to where I need to be. Um, but with those names that you mentioned, um, you know, with all those guys, um, they all played at a high level here and they did things the right way. So for me, um, to see those guys play at a high level, is, I try to like soak up the things that they did well. And, and the biggest thing I have to do is be where my feet are. You know, those guys are at the league and are where I want to be, but I have to control my controllables that's taking place here. And that's that's really being around the guys in the locker room, performing well on Saturdays, um, looking at looking to improve during during the week and really controlling all that I have now. Um, but to say that, you know, that's my ultimate goal is to play at that next level and to be where those guys are at. And they are setting the foundation for quarterbacks um, below them at Alabama. So um, all I can do is learn from them and just try to be the best version I can be for whenever that opportunity can come. Yeah, and it's crazy because all four of those guys either won a natty yep. or a Heisman or broke some kind of records. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and all four of them have had some rough patches since then. Yeah. Jalen Hurts was a reach in the second round, and everyone thinks he's going to be a bust. Tua's had two really hard years. Injuries, doubt, no one knows. Mac Jones struggled like crazy last year. Bryce is struggling right now. So the inevitability of success and adversity, I'd bet all four of those guys are going to be just fine in the long run. Jalen already is. Two has turned a corner. Max on the verge. You know what I mean? Yep. So a lot to learn from in person, a lot to learn from looking out. And, and one of the things, too, about Alabama quarterbacks, it's kind of like quarterback for the Cowboys, leading score for the Lakers, batting cleanup for the Yankees. Like yep. Alabama quarterback has kind of become that thing you know what I mean no one's sitting around wondering who the quarterback at Auburn is going to be next year but they are at Bama um do you feel that there do you know that uh I think those are like more external factors because like within the building like we all just trying to like get better and like work to like achieve our short-term goals not long-term goals you know um so we like lose track of those little things because like once we leave yeah. the facility, oh, oh these are the problems that's happening like you know it's like when we're in the moment as far as being in the facility with each other like all we know is work, like uh, everything. It's just a grind, like this, this process of where we want to be at, you know. And I say the best thing about coming here is that we're all like-minded and want to be successful, you know. And uh, I think that's like something that I really like, you know, take pride in just how, uh, you know, where I'm at as far as here, just how well everyone, you know, wants to really just improve. Yeah. Um, talking about Bryce specifically, redshirt year, he wins the Heisman, right? So you're yep. redshirt and you're chilling. And the yep. next year you're backing him up. Uh, off the field, away from playing in games, what's the biggest thing you learned from Bryce? Best thing I learned from Bryce off the field was how he can take his mind off of football and just be himself. I think that's key because, like, you know, outside looking in, you just see the football player. You don't see the person. I saw the person, you know, who he is, and he's a great, great dude. Like, that's my brother, you know. And we steadily have a great bond to this day, you know. 
and <clears throat> see that because for me, you know, I'm coming in from high school, I'm coming in, and college is different to me, you know, just trying to see, you know, you know as far as how does the quarterback operate, you know, with because I didn't play, so my biggest thing I try to be a I try to be a sponge and learn from the guy that I was playing, which was Bryce, and uh, just how he managed everything. He took it easy, you know, as far as like nothing really affected him. Um, with all that gone that went on with this Heisman year, to say that everything was great, you know, it is a problem that went happen. You know, there's, you know, there's little things that you know that could have happened that year, but he took it, you know, one game at a time. He had a great mindset with everything. Um, my best story is the Auburn game. Just, just the, all that adversity that went throughout that game, playing on the road, um, having to go into overtime. Um, we have zero timeouts. He had to lead us down the field to score. Uh, so, like, it's just the the little things that he did as far as his preparation, um, as far as how he was a teammate, his leadership qualities, um, and then also how he um, – uh, affected the guys in the room. I think that was key too, is that he was playing, but he also was a good teammate to the guys in the room with everyone in there with, with Paul Tyson, Braxton Barker, um, myself, Stone Hollenbach, and just all the guys in the room. It was just, it was great to see, you know, his leadership really affect all of us in the room. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. That's great, man. He's been uh, a lot more mature than his age yep. for a long time. He's kind of always been like that. Part of it's his parents too. I think he's just raised by great people. Um, all right, so let's talk about superpowers for a second. I think quarterbacks right. you either got them or you don't. Sometimes you got more than one. Um, I'll I'll fill in the blank on a couple of them, and then I want you to fill in the blank on the last one. So okay. let's go through Bama quarterbacks. Tua's superpower, I would say, is decisiveness. Yeah, very decisive. He wasn't high school. He was at Bama. He that's why he's such a good fit. So I would say. Tua's superpower is decisiveness. For Bryce, I would say it's creativity. And yeah. I don't mean like coloring. I mean <laughs> like creating time and space. Yeah. Creating a window, creating a throwing lane, creating the dig backside becomes a back pylon if I move this way. And so yeah. stop, start, I think creating. Yeah. The, all these guys can throw it well. So that's not a superpower if you can throw it well. Everyone, right. A lot of people can. Um, you finish this one. Jaden Milrow's superpower is. You said Jalen Milrow? Yep. I think toughness. Hmm. Toughness. I think there's nothing that can really affect me. Um, I've seen everything in my life, whether it's good and bad. I've been through every situation and I've been told, you know, all the worst in the world. I've been seen the worst in the world. But I've honestly, I don't let anything affect me because I, I have a strong, strong human being above me, which is my Lord, Lord and Savior, so I can get through any situation. Um, and then my toughness, I think I don't, I, I, I don't let anyone beat me, anything, and uh, I don't let anything affect me. So I think toughness is my superpower. I feel like when guys at a young age, I love that answer, man. Um, well, let me say it this way. I think there's a couple universal languages in a locker room, mm -hmm. right? 
so for example, talent is not a universal language. Not everybody respects a talented guy, yep. right? If you got like a, a corner who's just like a punk and doesn't do anything right, super talented, the O-line doesn't give a shit about that. Like I don't do the, do what we're all doing here, right? Toughness, tough people, they speak that language, right? Yep. Yep. Work ethic, if you grind at Bama, you can fit in. If you don't grind at Bama, how's that going to fly? Forget the coaches, the players. How's that going to fly? Right. Right. If you're lazy and cutting corners, like it's just not, we don't speak that here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then making plays people who make plays, even if that's a left tackle who never gives up a sack versus a good defensive end, it doesn't have to be a skill position, but I've always felt toughness, work ethic. And when we need you, it can be the kicker. No doubt. You know what I mean? No doubt. Like those are universal languages, but like swag is not like, being funny is not like some yeah. people don't give a shit. Right. And so those are those universal <laughs> languages. So I love when a young player identifies one of their superpowers or best attributes is one of the things that actually is spoken in every single winning locker room yeah. in every sport. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into something called uh, just QB talk here. So I, I've heard you mention before we saw that uh, Lamar Jackson's made a big impact on your game, watching him. I'm sure not just on the, on the field, but off the field too. And then I've, Heard you mention that you watch Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So um, what do you, when you see these guys play, we all see highlights, but have you watched guys on tape? Have yeah. you had conversations with, like, what? how are older players impacting you right now? Uh, I think, number one, that they acknowledge that they all had a certain process to get them to where they were at. Um, and I appreciate a grind. I appreciate a story. And I appreciate, you know, um, uh, these different quarterbacks, I know what it takes because I play the play the position, and um, just those three guys that you mentioned, they all play football differently, but they're all successful. So I try to be a sponge and and really try to um, take little details that they all do, and uh, you know try and learn as much as possible. Um, with Lamar, he has the great ability to throw the ball and run the ball, and he affects defenses um, that way. Um, Aaron Rodgers um, has great natural natural talent when it comes to the ball, and make he's able to throw any ball any you know ball on the field. And Brady's all Mr. Fundamental, but his mental um, and how he approaches the game, his preparation and little things like that allow him to be successful. Because although he might not be the, the fastest or the strongest, he can spin the ball, and he knows um, with his preparation uh, before the game that you know where the defense is going to be, and that allows him to get the ball out and be efficient as a passer. So like each of those guys all play differently, but they all are successful with their um, different ability that they have. So uh, for me, I try to like soak up all those, you know, those guys and uh, really try to be a better quarterback as much as possible. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You got, I mean, when you're at Alabama, there's a lot of people, cause you just named three people that didn't go to Alabama. You know what I mean? And yet, you could just look at dudes who did go to Alabama yeah. and only only take things from those guys' games, and yeah. you'd be you'd be good to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> let alone the coaches, let alone experience. <laughs> so we have something in common you don't know, and that is uh, a really close friend of mine passed away two years ago named Trevor Moad. He was a performance psychologist. Okay. He was at Bama for like seven years. Saban hired him. And so a lot of what you guys do at Bama, the process, yeah. um, a lot of the things that Saban, I hear it in interviews, um, neutral thinking. Ever heard that term? Yep. Being neutral. That all came from Trevor. And so um, it's funny, like I've never been around your building, but I know a lot of what you guys talk about because that's the guy that actually kind of trained me on mm -hmm. a lot of what I help quarterbacks with. Um, and so 
one of the things that, you know, Brady and, and I don't know Lamar enough to know that. And Aaron is his own guy, but I think one of the good goals, as you look at some of these players that have played, you know, at Bama and anybody else you idolize or look up to, um, is this, this idea of talents versus behaviors, yeah. right? You got like your bucket of talents is full, right? Big, right. tall, fast, strong-armed, explosive playmaker guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You yeah. can currently do a lot of things that a lot of NFL current guys can't, currently can't do, right? And so one of the things I would encourage you to look at, not that this is a coaching session, yeah. is the idea of talents versus behaviors. Mm-hmm. This is a big Trevor Moad thing, and I'm curious if Saban's brought this up. But talents versus behaviors, because I don't think Tom Brady's ever at any point out talented anybody. Yeah. He didn't in New England. He didn't at Michigan. He got benched in Michigan, right? what he's been doing is out behaving everybody for like 30 years. And so this idea of behaviors, which is routines, repetition, uh, uh, just process, you know, use the word process, but this idea of behaviors, not tucking in my shirt saying, yes, sir, but behaviors of like, this is what I do on Mondays. This is what I, you know what I mean? Right. And so building out those behaviors, because you can control the behaviors a lot easier than you can control the talents. Yeah. Right. And the abilities and, you're really fast. A high ankle sprain might slow you down, right? You got a hose, elbow tendonitis might slow. So even if you got the talents, mm-hmm. they're not always available to you, right? Right. Uh, but the behaviors are. Right. And so this idea of control, what you can control um, on those. And so as a young quarterback, I would encourage you, man, you got all guys around you in the room, guys who've been there, guys who come back on bye week, let alone who you can watch in the off season. So I think that idea of talents versus behaviors is a good one. Especially okay. for the super, super talented dudes. Gotcha. Because then you got a chance to have both. Brady never had a chance to have both. He could only outbehave. Make sense? That makes sense. Let's flip here and do a little teach tape. All right. So this is our this is your chance to get nerdy with it. Not give away. Here's how we read things, but like yeah. let's let's explain to me what this is and what you're looking to do this. We do this with uh, uh all of our guests breaking stuff down. So don't give away any trade secrets here, but it yeah. is on tape. Yeah. All right. So we have a too high safety shell right here. Um, the first thing we have to key um, is that near safety. Where's his position on the field? Because um, I'm keying him because I know he, I know Jermaine was going to be singled up uh, backside with the corner. Um, and I had to look off the safety to really like open up that one on one backside. And uh, I had to throw it in rhythm because if I didn't throw it late, you know, that safety would have been back over there. Um, so to simplify the read, that was exactly what took place on that play. And uh, but if if uh, Amari uh, 84, if he was singled up um, with that safety that was, you know, going up top, the ball could easily go up to him, too. Um, but, you know, the man was one on one backside. And it was all about keying that near safety. So if this is single high, this yeah. is a full basically a flood read. I love this concept, by the way, inside this is a tight split inside release. And it's really a corner stop, right? That's right. Yeah. So once you put a couple of corner routes on tape and it's it's tough, you're not going to get a corner out down here. Right. Uh, so, unless you, you know, press and he beat, you know, but in this look, that's not enough space for a traditional corner out. But I love Jermaine's route. Jermaine came out and ran routes when he was at Georgia. Oh, yeah, um, so I, I love watching him yeah. um, find his role at a big school. Um, so if it's single high, then you got that over route coming across. It's full, just full field read, read it all the way across. That's right. And if it's if it's man um, across the board, you can alert the corner routes to 17 um, to the field. Um, but, you, you know, looking at the shell, it wasn't man. So. Um, you know, we just accelerate our eye backside. Yeah. Um, and do you guys, do you guys have hots and sight adjusts or do you redirect it or 
when you have pressure? Uh, I think uh, number one, when we get to the line, we have to like you know uh, make sure we have the right read as far as the offensive line protection. Um, so we're protected here. Um, uh, so that's like the number one thing, trying to see where our hot reads are and stuff like that. So who's your who's your OC? Uh, Tommy Reese. Okay, and this is his first year, right? Billy okay. O'Brien left at the end of last year. That's right. Okay, and and is a lot of it the same? Is it like little? Is it like similar terminology, a little different philosophy, or is it totally different? I'll say the Alabama offense, the Alabama offense. No matter who's here, like it's just gotcha. the same type of plays. But I think the messages and how it like really like uh, transfer to the quarterback is different. How they like you know talk to the quarterback and how we pick it up. I think that's different as far as the terminology and what they use. And just with Tommy Reese being younger, I think I pick up on his terminology much better. Um, you know, just and he played the position, so like his terminology comes across, you know, more transparent. Bill O'Brien's. A mean cuss, man. He's tough. <laughs> I had Deshaun and then his first couple of years in Houston, and it was, oh, man. OB, he's tough. He's going to he's gonna very clearly articulate how he wants it done. <laughs> this is the nice way to say it. Um, cool. We got one more clip on here. Let's talk through this one. So this is uh, 20 to 7. I didn't re- – man, I didn't realize you guys came back like that. Yeah. Yeah, the dog fight. Yeah, 14. This is the basically the start of the second half, first and 10. Um, you guys are down 20 to 7. Yep. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Let this one go. Middle field open, wide receiver open. (laughs) What happened here? All right, so this is a peer progression read. Um, I start left, and then you work the the full field um, on this play. Um, Number one, you have to key in our our YY set with our two tight ends, Um, seeing that they had a good matchup, but they were both walled. Um, so then you just progress your eyes across the field, start with Jermaine, then progress to IB, number 17. Um, uh, IB made, ran a great route on this play, um, and he beat the corner. Look at him. <laughs> I mean, you talk uh, about stepping on somebody's toes. I can hear him say, ow, it's on mute. Exactly. That's how you do it right there. Um, and then uh, with not really recognized, just the bat getting out too, just in case, um, say, uh, IB was walled here. You know, we have a back here for, for our check down. Um, as well, but this is a peer progression read, full field read. Do you have? I mean, everyone's more comfortable with a peer progression because it tells you where to go. But you got peer progressions, you got progression plus an option, yeah, and you got kind of pre-snap looks. Is that how it is in your head? I and mean, that's maybe a different terminology, but exactly kind of separate it that way. That's exactly what it is. Yep. That's why Bama quarterbacks go and play well in the NFL because you guys <laughs> learn it that way. Yeah. Uh, a lot of schools is just straight peer progression, which one, two, three, four, five, run. Um, so I love that you guys are challenged to compartmentalize those as pure progression. So for those watching this going, what are they talking about? Pure progression. What, what's your definition of a pure progression? Pure progression, um, setting one eye to a particular way and fulfill progressing. Uh, either if it starts from the left or if it starts to the right, you fulfill progression with your eyes and feet. So coverage is irrelevant. If one's open, throw it. If he's covered, go to two. If he's covered, go to three. And then progression plus an option is that. But if – 
we got a quarters alert post or we got a free access corner route, you know, or, or come back. So something where it's the same concept, but if we get this look with that guy, we'll throw it to that guy. And then how would you define pre-snap look? A pre-snap look, um, say we have a snap free access um, backside, take it. Um, say, say you have a bell corner, take the, take the snap backside. Um, save a cloud corner on that snap route, progress your eyes to the full, full field uh, concept. Yep. One high, two high, man zone, right. yep. away from rotation, quarters right. over here, cloud over there, all that. So, right. uh, dude, I, you'll, you'll, when you get to the NFL, you'll be even more grateful than you are right now that you played in that type of system that challenged you to learn it. Because honestly, coming out of high school, I don't care if you registered or not, if it wasn't separated like that in your head, it's kind of like a foreign language, right? Um, I mean, Exactly. I can memorize Spanish words, but once you start conjugating verbs and having to put it all together and then read it, it's like, <laughs> that's about when I yeah. changed my major. <laughs> um, so that's amazing. You guys have uh, get to do that. Um, thanks for sharing that. Um, no. Let's click over to Sabin here, play another little game here and we'll yep. get rolling. Um, this is called Sabin or nah. <laughs> so did Sabin say this quote or nah, it's not Sabin. I... All right. There's some, they're all quotes by somebody. Okay. All right. I'm going to read it off. You, uh, you let me know what you think. You go out there and dominate the man you're playing against and you make his ass quit. Save. One for one. Uh, fun fact, pregame speech before the 2008, uh, victory against LSU. Motivation is simple. You eliminate those who are not motivated. Save. One for two. That's Lou Holtz. I don't know if you know that name. That's an old, old guy. He was at Notre Dame for a long time. Mediocre people don't like achievers, and high achievers don't like mediocre people. Saving. Saving. You're just going to default go to saving every time. Uh, two for three. The more one emphasizes winning, the less they're able to concentrate on what actually causes success. Nah. That's saving, actually. The more one emphasizes – oh, I like that. The more one emphasizes winning – the less they're able to concentrate on what actually causes success. So I would mean it simulate that he doesn't talk about winning a lot. You talk about he talks about process. Talk about is, process. That, is that true? You talk about the process. Yeah, the result is winning. Yeah. But if we just sit here and talk about winning, yeah, you're not talking about what causes winning. <laughs> uh, just do the right thing. The rest doesn't matter. That is not said. No, no, uh -uh. no. You're good. Uh, that is Marcus Aurelius. Uh, we didn't tackle well today, but we made up for it by not blocking. Nah. <laughs> yeah, nah. That's John McKay. That's an old coach <laughs> at USC. The first step, don't be anxious. The second step, concentrate on what you have to do. Remind yourself that your task is to be a good human being, then do it without hesitation. Nah. I would have said that too. You're correct. There is no continuum for success. Focus on the process, not the results. You got that one. Saving. Yeah, saving. Um, all right, I'll give you the last one here. Champions always have a plan, but failing to plan is essentially a plan around not having a plan. No. So this one was the bonus one. This is my boy, Trevor, who I know instilled this philosophy at Bama and then Georgia and then other places too. Yeah. So if you've never heard Saban say yeah, that, it's interesting. So we always talk about, let's talk about it for a sec. So champions, yeah. this guy, Trevor worked with Bama, won titles there, Georgia, won titles there. A lot of Olympians, a lot of special forces. Um, I'll, I'll send you a link, but you got to check out his book. It takes what it takes. Does he have, do you guys read that yet? Saban? 
Uh, no, uh-uh. it's a great book. And right. so what he basically says is champions always, they, they have a plan. Yeah. So you set out a goal and then you chart neutral behaviors that lead to the outcome you desire. And that's your plan, right? If I do this every day, there's a really good chance that I'm going to end up with the thing that I want at the end. Right. Right. And it's not emotional things. They're neutral behaviors. Um, and then he would say, but if you don't have a plan, just know that your plan is to not plan. And that makes people go, well, wait a second. My plan is not to not plan. well if you don't have a plan it is (laughs) it's just like this super simple like if you don't have a plan then that's your plan yeah so i I always do that during draft prep yeah i ask everybody what their plan is and they give me this long answer which basically means you don't have a plan you know that one hits them right between the eyes they're like all right well how do we do a plan let's build it (laughs) so awesome um Last little thing here. So we play a game called QB to QB. So our last guest asked the next guest a question. Okay. Um, I'm not going to tell you who the guest was. Okay. I'm going to ask you the question. And they didn't know who, who that you were going to be the guest, right? And so, yeah. and then I'm going to, you're going to ask a question for the next guest. Okay. Um, so Amazon, Thursday Night Football, Amazon uh, has Thursday Night Football. The panelists are Richard Sherman, Andrew Whitworth, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Tony Gonzalez. Okay. Which one's your least for least favorite of those four? Who do you want to eliminate? Ryan Fitzpatrick, Richard Sherman, Andrew Whitworth, or Tony Gonzalez? Got to get rid of one of them. I say Richard Sherman got play offense. I'm I'm always for the offensive guys. All right, we'll take that. I like that. I would eliminate him too because he's always <laughs> bugged me, and I told him that. But also, Ryan Fitzpatrick was our guest, and he was the one who asked that question. I didn't want to single him out. Um, <laughs> What question would you like to ask for our next guest? It's probably going to be an NFL. We've only done a couple of college here. Probably going to be an NFL starter. Um, We've had questions around cover zero. We've had stupid random questions. We've had questions about process. So what would be something that you'd want to ask whoever our guest is next? Uh, Let's see. As an NFL quarterback, what 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 is something you would tell a college quarterback before reaching that level? All right. What advice would you have for a college quarterback before going to the NFL? Yeah. Awesome. We will definitely ask that. Um, this is the last thing, man. Um, and I'll give you a sec if you want to get your, your, your thoughts in order. We do something called the two-minute drill. Okay. Right, so what we're going to do is we're going to throw a timer on the screen. All right. And um, in two minutes, I'm going to hit mute. In two okay. minutes, the story of Jalen Milrow. You can start wherever you want to start, and it ends with today. Okay. But this is kind of like your journey. Right. Um, so you can start it wherever you want. Highs yeah. and lows is typically, you know, what's helpful. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is also like if I were to send a clip to a kid who wanted to know about you, this is the clip or somebody wanted to know about you. This is the clip you'd send. Okay. So I'm going to stop talking. You can start it wherever you want right. and uh, we'll start the clock when you go. Right. Uh, my name is Jalen Murrow. I was born in Twenty Nine Palms, California. Uh, my dad was a Marine. My mom was in the Navy. That's where they met. Um, following uh, California, I moved to Maryland with my dad's side of family. Uh, from there, we moved to Houston, Texas with my mom's side. And then uh, where I consider home is Katy, Texas. Uh, I left Houston and moved to Katy, Texas. Uh, my dad is the one who introduced me to football. He tried training me when I was four years old. He was my first quarterback trainer. And uh, that's who I learned football from with my dad. Um, 
so he really where I got my knowledge from is playing playing football. Um, so uh, all props to my dad. Uh, but growing up, you know, uh, I was always the underdog. I was told I wouldn't, I couldn't, couldn't play quarterback. I was, you know, told to play running back, safety, uh, a lot of positions other than quarterback. But it was, it was for my parents who uh, told me to never give up with my dream. And all my dreams would be here if I continue to work hard and uh, gave all honor to God and allowed Him to lead my path. Um, uh, you know, with my story, you know, I went to high school at Katie Tompkins. Uh, that high school, we didn't have a lot of five stars. We didn't have a lot of guys that you know really were passionate to playing at the next level. As other other schools, you know, we were really a run heavy, run run heavy school. Um, but I did all that asked for me at the high school. Um, I was the first um, person to go to a power five school um, for my high school. And uh, I'm definitely blessed. And it wasn't, and I'll give all thanks to my Lord and Savior for that. Um, but now being in Alabama, I'm so blessed and fortunate. And uh, I love the process that I'm at here. And roll tide. With uh, no time left, you get it across the line, man. <laughs> um, there's going to be, so like I said in the beginning, man, like I didn't, I don't know a ton about you. You know, usually somebody meet them across the Elite 11 process or get introduced or whatever. Um, and uh, I, I was super pumped to have you on because I was hoping it would kind of go like this. But, dude, I'm a fan. I'm not missing another Bama game, and I've only seen you play twice. <laughs> I'm not. I just yeah, – there's not everybody acts like you. Not everybody – not even acts like – not everybody is this – like sure of where their feet are right now at this point in their career, man, this is a lot going on and this and agents and money and time and all the stuff and the league or not, or what it's a, it's so easy for dudes as red shirt sophomores having success and also just recently had adversity and has more of both coming ahead, but like to not be as sure of you are. And so now learning, okay, military background. So I understand to some extent, how you were raised and the role that discipline and commitment and honor and integrity. I work with a lot of kids that are children of military. Um, so, okay, cool. All right. So that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Moving around, that makes sense why your personality, you're really outspoken and really confident in who you are and not sitting here. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well that, so now it all starts to make sense. Why I love the two minute drill. Um, but dude, I'm a fan. Um, not blowing smoke. I'm a fan. And I think a lot of people are going to see this and go, Damn, I didn't realize the Bama dude was, you know what I mean? Just because you haven't put yourself, Bryce Young was such a big thing coming in there. You know what I mean? Modern day and all the stuff. Yeah. We all kind of knew. Right. Um, and uh, I think you're going to catch a lot of people uh, by surprise over this next five plus years. Um, because if you continue to lean on the work and you can continue to leave on your behaviors, right? not the talents. That's right. Um, then you're gonna you're gonna out talent and out behave people, and there's a lot of success and a lot of money on the table for people that can do that in the direction that this position's heading. So I'm a fan, dude. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate it a lot, and just having me on and to be able to talk to you because you know uh, with you you have a lot of resources when it comes to the game of football, and for me I just try to be a sponge to all your knowledge, and uh, I appreciate you for having me on. I really do appreciate it.